Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It is 12.33 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer with you in Washington, D.C. The Oilers against the Capitals tonight. The defending Stanley Cup champions. Some guests on our show receive gift certificates. To Roos Chris Steakhouse. I got to hook up with uh, Brendan Connolly when we get back to town next week. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Go down and tell Rebecca and the staff that orders now sent you. Well, at the best of times, more of my guests, less of me is always a good thing, and especially right now. John Shannon, how you doing? Oh, you are listening to Twitter after all. Is that what that is? I don't know. I, you know, I just, I, you know, I worry about you, Bob. You got to get some rest. You, you know, you got to sleep. You can't go out uh, all nights. Uh, you know, you're probably going over to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue tonight, and, and you and Melania and and uh, and, uh, and DJT are going to have a cocktail or something. You know. I uh, I can tell you. Yesterday, I slept between noon till seven, and wow, still. Good for you. Yeah, we, we practiced early. Short, quick uh, burst. What a difference a year makes, John. The Oilers are 8-4-1. and one. They're 8-2-1 and two and one in their last 11 games. Uh, I mean, I feel a different tone. You know, we've got fans still. I mean, the team's not perfect. Uh, there's Milan Lucic has nope. got two goals in his last 59 games. The first unit power play uh, with Lucic on it is not overly productive. But the fact is they're winning games. And let's start with Miko Koskinen because there was a lot of criticism wow. for that contract. And he's three and zero as a starting goaltender. Yeah, and I, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't think I'm saying uh, anything out of school. I think there were concerns internally about uh, Koskinen, uh, particularly the way things went in camp and the way his last preseason game was in Cologne. Uh, but I'll tell you what, he's uh, he's doused any doubters uh, in the organization and should have doubted most uh, most Oiler fans because uh, he, he's used his body properly. Because uh, it's huge, uh, and uh, he's controlled most of the rebounds. I, I'm not going to say all of them, but he's controlled most of the rebounds. So with that athletic ability and uh, rebound control, he's giving his team a chance. The, the one thing I would say, Bob, about Saturday night in Detroit, and, and you talked about what a difference a year makes. That's a game last year that even though on paper the Oilers are better than Detroit, they would have lost. They wouldn't have beaten Detroit at home on that Saturday night. They wouldn't have beaten them uh, after uh, traveling from the, the mountain time zone to the east and, and playing the Red Wings who were at home. That, that to me, is a little bit of a difference. It's that confidence, that swagger, a little bit of depth. I mean, holy smokes, does the Alex Chase on PTO look good now? Uh, there's, there's a ton of positive stuff that, uh, that you look at at 8-4. and four. Uh, and and maybe we should all just take a step back and not be near as panicked as we were after the first two games. John, for seven straight games, Edmonton has had more high-danger scoring chances than the opposition. That's the sign to me. Well, when you're yeah, out, right. Yeah. right? 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. When you, but it, again, that's where, you know, I mean, how many times do we, that's where Leon has uh, has picked up his part of this, and that's all Connor always does. Um, and to me, Drake Kajula coming back into the lineup and being promoted to that number one line uh, has 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 created a little enough of, enough friction on that line that it, uh, it it makes what they're doing with Nugent Hopkins and McDavid a positive, and then it also you know spreads a little bit of the wealth with the club and gives Chase on a chance to play on that third line. At some point, Alex Chason is going to supplant Milan Lucic on the first unit power play because the first unit power play is not scoring. And the way Chason opened up for Connor McDavid to find him on that delayed penalty, that's exactly what Edmonton needs from that spot. And, uh, you know, their first unit power play points per 60 since I think about October the 24th is less productive than Connor McDavid's point per 65 on five. Like, that is not a good stat. So... You know, and they lost the game against Minnesota because they couldn't do anything on the power play, and then they couldn't kill. Now, the last two games, they really made a concerted effort to to win face-offs on PK and PP, and it's been a difference. John Shannon joining us from NHL yeah. Hockey and Rogers. Yeah, Chase on the I'm not – well, Reader's been good. I, you know, I'm not as concerned. That Minnesota game to be uh, – after watching Minnesota again on Saturday night in St. Louis, uh, that that's a lethal power play – Granlin, I don't think there's a hotter player in hockey right now than Granlin. Uh, the, 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 the third power play goal that he scored against the Oilers was a perfect shot. I don't think many people can can take that shot. So there's a couple of times you look at it and say, okay, you know what? Every once in a while, there's a good goal that beats your goaltender. Uh, and and I, I, I agree with you on the, on the power play. There has to be a bit of concern. I'm not as concerned about it on the penalty kill. Yeah. Well, Milan Lucic, Ryan Strom. I mean, that's that's either the beauty of the situation or the concern of the situation. Maybe it's both. They haven't got anything from those yeah. guys yet. And they've been okay in terms of territorial play. Those guys have been okay, John. They have. They have. And, uh, uh, I, you know, I, I, I guess I'm giving Milan the benefit of the doubt because I see him doing other stuff. You know, when you talk about territorial play, when you talk about leadership, uh, when you talk about you know the art of intimidation still exists in this league, maybe not to the extent it used to, but uh, Lucic can be a you know a uh, a, a mental force out there that uh, uh, keeps people looking over their shoulder. Um, you know, we talked about it. I think it was after the Nashville game. Yes, with Matthias uh, Ekholm. Yeah, and and but and the, and the concern that if uh, that that. Lucic would get down on himself again if he didn't start putting the puck in the net. His teammates were actually, I think, have been very cognizant of that as well, and have been trying to make sure that he gets as much uh, enthusiasm and encouragement from them uh, over this period of time. Because I think they know his value to this club. Uh, I think they know everything that he does. Um, but you know, you know, statistically, you know, sure, it's frustrating. And if it's frustrating for the fans, just imagine how frustrating it is for Milan. Absolutely. We're joined by John Shannon from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers now in Washington, D.C. Caps aren't exactly crushing it out of the gate here early. Uh, and I guess that's what happens when you're the reigning Stanley Cup champs. Everybody brings their A game. Everybody brings their A game. And, you know, the, you know they, they are a different team. 
Um, you know, they uh, they lost people behind the bench, uh, and more than a berry. Uh, they lost uh, maybe the best fourth-line center penalty killer in the National Hockey League in Jay Beagle uh, to Vancouver and free agency. Uh, that's a lot of pressure to put Phoenix Copley under as the number two goalie because they gave up Philip Grubauer in the Brooks Orpic, uh, whatever you want to call that trade, whether it was, to, you know, a, a shuffle of money where the, in yep. the end the Avalanche actually bought Orpic out and then he re-signed with the Caps. Um, it, you know, there, there's enough of a difference and enough of a hangover uh, that, uh, and it's always a concern. The learning curve of, of champions is, listen, don't don't expend all your energy in October and November, but make sure you're in, in place in, in January, February, March to make the playoffs. Uh, Jim Rutherford will tell you that in Pittsburgh. It frustrates him every time with the Penguins. That, you know, his, his veteran players um, really are bothered at times even trying to contribute in in uh, in October and November. I mean, when they did, they went through with the West uh, pretty effectively, but they haven't won a game since they came home. Uh, so Washington, in many ways, you have to wonder if Todd Reardon's got that learning curve of a new coach, plus the fact that I mean, there's not that there's not that full desire that they they know they're going to be a good team, they know they're going to make the playoffs, and that's when you have to be great. Well, uh, there has already been a coaching change in the NHL, and I'm going to ask you about another possibility. But first, your thoughts on John Stevens being removed out of L.A. and being replaced by Willie Desjardins. Uh, interesting. The Desjardins part uh, to me is when I'm a, I, I quite like Willie as a coach. I think that if you talk to uh, Glenn Gullitson, who's on the Oilers staff now, about what kind of coach Desjardins is, he said he, he probably taught him more than any other coach. He learned a ton about how to manage people from Desjardins, and and doesn't Desjardins doesn't get credit for being as good a coach as he was because of you know, trying to manage what was going on in Vancouver. Um, so that's a good one. The fact that Willie was prepared to gamble on himself, which is what he's doing, he's gambling on himself. Take the interim tag for now and prove that he can be a good coach between now and and April. Um, the thing was that there's a real belief inside the Kings organization that they're much better than they are. Uh, you know, with with the, the people that are supposed to be the superstars, you know, it's that second tier of people. Uh, you know, the Tyler Toffoli's, Tyler Pearson, Adrian Kempe, uh, Derek Forbert on, on defense. You know, those are the guys that have let this team down. You know, it, it's, it's not Kopitar. It's not Dustin Brown who's back and working his tail off. It's not the superstars in Drew Doughty who's getting frustrated. It's their second tier of players that have not contributed. And, you know, hey, all of their fans have to do is remember last year, it was the second tier that didn't contribute last year for the Oilers, and they missed the playoffs. Let me ask you a question. 21-4 to was the shots on goal of the third period for the Flames over Chicago. And Calgary's obviously got a deep team, way deeper than last year's team. I mean, they added James Neal. You know they uh, they got they got Lindholm, uh, who was an upgrade over Furland, even though Furland's had a decent start in Carolina. They signed Derek Ryan as a fourth line center. All that said, twenty-one to four, Chicago's lost five straight games. Is there any way Joel Quenville's in trouble? Uh, well, 
I don't know how you could put it. I, you know, I, I've, I've actually heard these rumblings a little bit this weekend. Uh, and I don't know how you can do that uh, and keep your sanity with, and, and keep your professionalism when you think about what Joel Quinville has meant for that organization uh, and, and what he's done and, and how he's been the driving force behind the, the three Stanley Cups behind the bench. You know, they, they made sure to announce as soon as they could in April when they missed the playoffs that Quinneville was going to be the coach this season. Um, I, again, I don't think it's on Quinville that this team hasn't performed. It, perhaps it's on Stan Bowman more than more so. And, you know, there, I, I think that uh, perhaps, that, you know, the depth that they had, uh, that they expected to have hasn't, They've got some good young guys, Cahoon, Brinkett. They got some good future there, but uh, you know, I would be shocked if Joel's in trouble. I really would be. I think mean, you know, Mike is still at the top of the list for most people. Yeah, well, and that's not a surprise. Uh, we're joined by John Shannon from NHL Hockey and Rogers. It's twelve forty-six in Edmonton, two forty-six in Washington. Edmonton against the Caps tonight, and Tampa Bay tomorrow. So we're gonna have a little bit of an idea as to how good this team is maybe over these next two nights. Um, I, I got to ask you a couple of questions. First, about the NHL's deal, and some might say it's a deal with the devil, on gambling. What's your take on that? Well, um, you know, when the Supreme Court passed, uh, you know, uh, uh, upheld the appeal by the state of New Jersey and said you know, gaming is going to be state run, and 20 states are now in the gaming business. Uh, you know, it, it, it's become one of those opportunities for all professional sports leagues to grow the game. And this is one where I suspect owners are putting pressure on the league office uh, to find new streams of revenue where where it need be. And you and I may not be gamblers. I'm, I'm certainly not a gambler. I'm not even a fantasy player, Bob. Um, yeah. But you can see that there's interest. You can oh, yeah. see that there's opportunity. Uh, and if this can help make more teams of the 31, soon to be 32, soluble, uh, then uh, then I guess it's uh, then I guess it's going to happen. Necessary evil? I, I don't I don't really believe that because I I have faith in the gaming uh, industry because I do think that they do a better job of monitoring than we do if you were you know working out of your phone or out of the back door of something with a bookie. John, let me ask you this, 1247 in Edmonton. Um, we've asked you this question about four times over the last eight months. I want to circle back because it got brought up again. Is there, uh, Bobby Orr said he believes there, there's going to be a lockout coming up in two years from now. Do you believe that? I don't. I still don't. Um, I, I heard Bobby say it, uh, and Bob and I are great friends, but uh, I, I think that uh, perhaps Bobby's being a little more cautious because, you know, he still is in the representation business and still reflects what he needs to do for his players. Uh, but at the same time, it just doesn't make any sense. The business is going in the right direction. Sure, there are things that need to be corrected in a new collective bargaining agreement on both sides, but it doesn't make any sense to have another lockup. And I think both sides agree. I think, I think both sides privately believe that. I really do. Yeah, well, I, and I, you know, I sort of lean that way as well but I also might be a little bit hopeful. I know you've been to the arena in Detroit. What did you think of it? Yeah. Little Caesars oh, Arena. Hilarious. 
Uh, it's glorious. I think it's glorious. Yeah, I really do. I think it's. Uh, I think it's. Uh, I think it's uh, on par with Rogers Place. I think that they are the two pearls of the National Hockey League now. A lot of empty seats there on Saturday night, John. Yeah, but that's not the arena. Yeah, no, no, I know. That's the indication of what's going on in the city of Detroit. And, you know, when you – the rebuild for the organization in Detroit is one of those ones that's very interesting because not only are they rebuilding on the ice, in many ways they have to rebuild off the ice. The new arena, uh, everything that comes with it, the cost of going to games, they now share the arena with the Pistons. Um, the economy, I know the economy in the United States is, is, States is booming. I know it's going in the right direction. But um, not in Detroit. You know not in Detroit. The auto right. industry is still uh, is, is still suffering a little bit. And so you, the Red Wings, if the Red Wings are, the Red Wings are, have a challenge of putting, having to put an entertaining brand of hockey on the ice that makes the playoffs. That makes the playoffs. Remember when the great Red Wing teams, as good as they were, they were almost the toughest teams in hockey, too, Bob. You know, that's far from what we're seeing with the Red Wings right now. Yeah. No, it's, uh, and they got that deal pushed through for that building without actually getting approval from the taxpayers. They just went ahead and said, well, we'll deal with this later, which is foreign to Canadian markets, as you know. Well, I mean, in the Illich is uh, now Mr. Illich has passed away, but Mrs. Illich and son Christopher, who run the organization now, uh, their next step is that uh, they're going to start thinking about uh, creating their own all sports network, uh, create yep. another, uh, generate another revenue stream comparable to Madison Square Garden, uh, and uh, take it away from Fox and uh, and uh, do a do a, a bang up job. Uh, 365 with their baseball team, the Tigers in the summer, and with their hockey team, the Red Wings in the winter. Good stuff, John. We appreciate your time. So uh, say hello to Milani and Donald for me, and uh, have a good time in Washington. <laughs> I'm only here for about seven more hours, so all good. Take care. Maybe Donald, maybe, maybe Donald will be, too. So We couldn't be that fortunate, John. <laughs> Take care. Bye-bye. 12.50. 1251 in Edmonton. A reminder, you can book with New West Travel. Oilers fan, join Oilers now. Two great road trips coming up. Nashville and Vegas to see the Oilers play in two of the most exciting arenas in the league. The, this uh, Oilers now package includes airfare, accommodation, great game tickets, including a private suite in Vegas, all your transportation, a welcome reception with myself and special guests, plus parking at the Value Park at the Edmonton International Airport. Limited space to get on these roadies to see the orders in Vegas and Nashville for the orders now road trips. Call the travel experts at New West Travel, 780-432-7446 or online at newwesttravel.com. We'll go to break. It is 1252 at Edmonton. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 55 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now, along with Brendan Escott, who's back at the studio. You can text us on our Heartland Ford text line at 630-630. Brendan, you got a couple of texts you want to get to? I do. A couple good ones here, Bob. Um, 
One coming in from uh, Lloyd Minster saying, can we can we get off the Lucic has value as a force? At $6 million a year, intimidation isn't enough. Uh, he doesn't do anything that Kara doesn't do. So interesting opinion there. Obviously, at that price tag, you're looking for a little more out of him. But, uh, you know, it's, he's showing some signs. Uh, Aaron at Edmonton says, one thing about Lucic is that he's noticeably faster this season. Appreciate the hustle and hope he can bury a few biscuits. I think we all do, Aaron. Yeah, no, I I feel for him. It's been a tough go. I mean, he scored on his first shot of the year. I'm like, oh, okay, here we go. And he hasn't scored since. So uh, Topher says, Lucic's days are fading fast, isn't fast enough. More often than not, he hits the boards, the play dies in his hands. There's no fights anymore in the league. This guy has become a warning as to how bad the game used to be back in the day. Oh, I mean, there was a time that Milan Lucic was the sort of effective power forward that everybody in the NHL wanted. But he is, he's in a funk. I mean, when you got two goals in 59 games and you're being paid $6 bucks per year, you have to be more productive than that. That's just the way it works. Uh, another text coming in out of Grand Prairie. Bob, uh, people judging the players for performing is so deceiving. McClellan put the wrong guys with dry settle the start of the year, and he had a tough go. Finally got two guys that work, and all of a sudden he's producing a ton. That tells you how much coaching affects things out of Grand Prairie, Alberta. Uh, well, uh, you know, Milan Lucic has gone from minus 7 to plus 2 over the last two weeks. And in large part, uh, that's a, there, there's real balance in that line. Uh, Tobias Reader is a little worker beat, gets in on the forecheck. Uh, Dry Settle's a playmaker, and Alex Chason is the shooter. 12.57, still to come in today's show. Uh, we'll have a one-on-one with Oscar Clefbaum. Jack Michael's in conversation with Nick Backstrom. Brandon Escott will guide you home for the final half hour. We have Al May at 105. But right now, we're going to go off to a global news weather traffic update. Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad.